Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. This week, we took on 2022's Violent Night on Prime, rated R. Before we get into that, what have you been watching this week? Interview with The Vampire, and we watched... Pixar or Disney? Elemental. The the movie Elemental. That just... That's Pixar, Disney. Same difference. Okay. Same difference. I couldn't remember if Pixar was owned by Disney or not. It was cute. It was cute. Would you, uh, would you watch it again? Yeah, I actually, I think I would. Which, I know, like, after our last conversation about Disney, I probably shouldn't, but I think I would re-watch that. <laughs> How dare you? You're what's wrong with society. <laughs> I know, I'm being hypocritical. <laughs> I don't think you're a hippo. You've put on some weight, but jeez. I, yourself. No, I have recently been hanging out in streams in Africa waiting for people <laughs> to throw watermelons to me to go ahead and munch on. <laughs> That's actually not the worst life to live, I think. Right? Actually, unless I've you, been enjo- Unless you hate watermelons. I enjoy watermelons. The rind's a little hard to go ahead and bite through because my, my teeth aren't that strong. Coward. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say that I don't try. I'm just saying that's a little hard. <laughs> Come on. Put your mind to it. <laughs> if I've learned anything from a lifetime of family movies is if you believe, then you can. Man, we've been putting on too many lifetime movies for this show. <laughs> I watch all of them, not for this show. <laughs> he does. He makes me sit down and watch him with them, and we don't even talk about him. He just yeah, makes no. me watch. I make him leave right after without a word. Yeah. I I go abduct him from one two three Ringo Street, Washington, California. And <laughs> Then I drag him to my house silently. We watch Mom's Day Out 3. This time, Mom's Got Company. And then I send him home silently. You know what the hard part about this whole thing is? He makes me think that we're going to go watch some porn together. And it turns out to be this just hallmarky. <laughs> it's different porn. Wait, are you telling me that, you're, you, that you get some sort of sick, sick, like, enjoyment out of this? Yeah, making you watch them. It's fantastic. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I can accept that. No, I, that actually ruins it for me. I hate to <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh, sounds like somebody's got the vid. <laughs> no, I don't have a video. No, the vid. Just one video. <laughs> I was watching old uh, detective TV, and it's very funny when they talk about like the early days of computers. He's got one MPEG saved on his computer. You've got to see this. I don't like. Why did he save this one? And damn, if only he hadn't saved this one key piece of information. It's not even evidence. The key piece of information that lets them know everything. <clears throat> also, the password to his computer was hope. And I'm just like, oh, I remember 2010. It was a different time. <laughs> Have you have you watched? Well, actually, I know you have. You, you've watched some of the old '90s anime, well, not anime. It's like X Men, where they would go ahead and be like, "This floppy disk will save the world." <laughs> yeah, man, that show is so good. 
we had such a simple time with the x-men cartoon like literally all the story arcs in that cartoon are like three episodes max we didn't need they knew they were like kids aren't gonna remember three episodes <laughs> they're like episode one what's the setup this time wolverine's in trouble and he's gonna go out on his own episode two oh it's more than he can handle better send in the x-men episode three they save the day <laughs> And then you go read the comics, and you're like, Wolverine kills a lot of people. He did not do that in the in the, the show that I watched growing up as a kid. That's where you're wrong. I didn't read the comics. You haven't read the comics? I'm, I'm bringing over some comics. I, I've i read, like, a few comic books in my life. It's just never my thing. Yeah. I don't blame you. You pay $5, and you're done with the comic in three minutes. I probably would have borrowed them from people, because if I got money when I was a kid, it was spent at the Ice Cream Man. Yeah. R.I.P. Choco Taco. You <laughs> deserved better than this world gave you. Yeah, I would just read the comics over at other people's houses. Yeah, I think most people did. Uh, well, that's not true. I know some people who are big comic book collectors. One of our mutual friends is a big collector. But, I, yeah, I guess I just never was that person. I think part of it, too, is given the option between comic books and, like, trading cards, I always pick trading cards. I had, I had tons of X-Men cards. I didn't have any X-Men wow. comics. See, I don't think I ever got into anything like that. I mean, I picked up some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I only picked up like five of them, so I didn't even have a deck. And then when I got into Magic the Gathering, I was in the army, so 20, 22, somewhere between there. Mm -hmm. And I had a deck there. Like, I had a full deck, and I played one game, and then I was like, this is cool. Well, I'm gonna... You're saying you were 20 or 22. I was yeah. like, it was not 2022 when you were in the army, bud. <laughs> like... It wasn't? Oh, no, shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was the age of 20 or 22, gotcha. somewhere in between. But yeah, I only I think I only played like one, maybe two games, and then I was like, that that was cool. I'm going to go back to playing on the PlayStation. <laughs> Dude, one of the funniest dad stories I've ever seen was because of Magic the Gathering. My buddy was trying to teach his dad how to play, and he spent like three minutes explaining the concept of mana. And then he goes, okay, dad, what's the mana? And his dad goes, I don't know. What's the mana with you? <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. He was so upset with his dad. He's like, God damn it, dude. I'm trying to teach you some shit. And his dad was just laughing his ass off. We were fist bumping. So you made me remember my own dad's story that happened last night. The kettle goes, the reason why I didn't want to talk about yesterday was it made me very tired. And I was like, were you dealing with a lot of tires? And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he never talked to you again. <laughs> hey, for that dad joke, it'll be worth it. I'd have been like, oh, it doesn't look like you got run over. <laughs> you don't look flat. Exactly. I don't see any tread marks. <laughs> Maybe some skid marks. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Talking about poop. Hashtag poop talk. <laughs> For when we decide to pivot. Should just make a TikTok and throw on all of the just most disgusting niches I can just to see what the traffic looks like. <laughs> Somebody like all of our comments there's no crusty socks in this. <laughs> where's the <Crunch> talk? <laughs> where's the unicorn in a jar? <laughs> There are no girls or cups in this video. <laughs> that would be funny, though. Zero girls, five cups. Just, <laughs> it's just five solo cups sitting out. <laughs> Me in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta put drinks in all of you. 
Right, Pete, Choco Taco. <laughs> that's just what's playing. That's just the text over the cups. Just the most confusing video. <laughs> Gotta hope that like some of those super hipster students are like, oh, I get it. It's a statement. It's not a statement. <laughs> I, I think that's the great thing about putting out something that's super confusing like that. Sooner or later, someone's gonna be like, you just don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I hope for this show one day. <laughs> Somebody's like, you don't get it. And I'll be like, oh, dude, if somebody doesn't get what we're doing, they're going to struggle. Because this is pretty straightforward stuff. <laughs> yeah, because we keep the not straightforward stuff to before and after when we're talking about root beer. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know A&W's uh, original mascot? I don't know if they're original mascot, but in the 70s, they had commercials that featured the great root bear. What? Yeah, it was just a bear that wanted root beer. That's awesome. He's just wandering around. He's like, A&W? Yeah, we had simpler marketing back then. Oh, my God. That's why. Okay. That explains why the, the mascot on the A&W restaurant was this bear. I didn't understand what the hell that yeah, was. Yeah, it's the great root bear, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, back back in the day, people just were like, hey, buy A&W. Ba-ba-ba. And then it was like, that was a commercial. Like, we didn't need complicated shit. We didn't need, like, the Budweiser cinematic universe telling us the story of frogs. Oh, man, I miss the Budweiser ad. Budweiser. I was a small That is small the child. boomerest shit you've ever said to me in a billion years. I know. I know it is. But, man, That's I like was... That's like being like, I miss when people used to go, what's <laughs> Dude, I was a small, small child, okay? I was like... How have you not watched... You... That's like some Michael Scott shit. You need to go watch The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying, and then I realize I have homework, so I gotta go ahead and get the homework no, done. No, so homework is stupid. Here, I'll give you homework. Watch Pulp Fiction in the office. Dude, I've watched... I've tried watching Pulp Fiction three times. I've already told you. I get so far into it, and then I'm like, I just... I, I can't. I'm gonna hit you with a tack hammer. <laughs> oh, so you just want me to suffer through Brian Reynolds' <laughs> veteran care. I see how it is. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna send you to the Ryan Reynolds run VA. <laughs> I'm going to drag you with me. I actually wrote in to Obama, not Biden. We all know Obama's secretly running the government. I wrote in to him to say, please put Ryan Reynolds in charge of the VA again. <laughs> I know you have a lot of polls. Thank yeah. you for your service. As a single voter, you owe me. <laughs> oh, I think you actually hit something right there. I think a lot of people think that as a single voter, they are owed a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> The, the politics of, uh, I guess, not groupthink, but individual exceptionalism and entitlement versus the realities of collective bargaining is something that's lost, I think, on a lot of people. It's why I think it's very funny that people are like, identity politics. It's like everybody has a degree of identity politics in their life. The, the original like criticism of that idea would be somebody who's uh, they're from Georgia, so they have to be a good guy. I'll vote for anybody from Georgia, no matter what they did. And that's just an example. No offense to any Georgians that are listening. It's just that's what popped into my mind. But that was what people originally meant when they criticized identity politics, is that you weren't critically thinking about who you're voting for. You're just voting for somebody based on their identity. But much like all things that start out as a smart critique of bad practice, as soon as a certain sect of our media got a hold of it, they twisted it into whatever they wanted it to be. And so now people just say that and it's like, yeah, no shit, dude. You're telling me you don't vote for people who espouse similar values as you? That's part of your identity, asswipe. Anyway, yes, <laughs> politics <laughs> aside, I am going to hit you with a tack hammer. So you have to go to Ryan Reynolds VA. 
God damn it. They're going to go ahead and send me a bill for the next 17 months. No, they're going to actually just send you cards with handwritten Ryan Reynolds one-liners in them. And it'll make you wish that Santa will kill you in a chimney. (laughs) That's foreshadowing, folks. (laughs) That's a transition. Hey, this week we watched 2022's Violent Night on Prime, rated R. You better watch out. Starring David Harbour as Santa, John Leguizamo as Scrooge, Beverly D'Angelo as Gertrude, Leah Brady, or maybe Leah Brady as Trudy, Alexis Louder as Linda, and a special shout out to Brendan Fletcher as Krampus. I could not realize where I recognized him from until I looked him up on IMDb. He's the star of the movie Rampage, and that movie is disturbing. I would say don't go watch that movie until you Google it and you know what it's about, because it might be a little too real for a lot of people. Anyway. I will say for this movie, trigger warning for gun violence, hammer violence, home invasions, divorce, hostages, and bone breaking. The Lightstone family, a stereotypical mega-rich family, is trying to celebrate Christmas when gunmen storm their compound. Quickly overwhelming the most useless security team in the world, they think they have the situation under control, but they didn't count on one man. John McClane, Santa. Santa (laughs) is a former Viking warrior transformed into Kris Kringle, who has never figured out how to use a gun over the last thousand years, but is still pretty badass with a hammer. Aided by Trudy, the youngest grandchild of the Lightstone family, who still believes in Santa, St. Nick finds a sledgehammer and proceeds to beat the living hell out of the mercenaries who are threatening to ruin Christmas. Literally, the mercenary leader wants to kill Santa to end Christmas forever. This movie is weird. Let's hear it from critics. User Franz F. on Rotten Tomatoes gave the movie 3 out of 5 stars, commenting, It was a fun, engaging movie. At times, the story lagged and the premise is ultimately forgettable, but the fight scenes were great and above-average holiday movie. User Nalk here on Critiker gave the movie a 65, saying, Take it for what it is, dumb fun with heart, no layer of commentary needed for what it's going for. I once said I wanted to make a film with wholesome violence, and this is what I meant. Writing for the rap, Alonzo Duralde gave this movie high marks, noting, Violent Night is one of the Yuletide season's most delightful surprises, not just for what it gets right, but also for the many ways the whole production could have gone very, very wrong. Meanwhile, David Fear for Rolling Stone gave this movie one of the most scathing reviews I've read in a while, stating, This is the sort of lazy, slapdash, self-impressed excuse for edgy entertainment that makes you enraged. It's not even so bad it's good. This is so bad you're tempted to kick those responsible for it right in the jingle bells. The sort of wannabe cult action comedy that gets off on its own displays of horrible behavior and listless set pieces. This Santa Goes Berserk story wants to be a new alt-holiday classic. Instead, it's essentially the chlamydia of Christmas movies. Agonizing, inflammatory, and accompanied by burning sensations likely to make you think twice about your life choices. I think he did not like the movie. (laughs) (laughs) What tells you that? David Fear holds a nothing bag. And great, great reviewer name. I don't know if that's your real name, but if that's your your review pen name, that's fucking dope. I hope you write mostly columns about horror movies. Although, in a different way, I could see it as cheesy. Oh, hey, guys, my name is Dave Fear. You're like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> so what did you think about this movie? So I know that you're not going to agree with me on this, but I, I've enjoyed this movie, and I've watched it twice. I thought that it was entertaining to have Santa not be this calm and collected and chill guy who's, like, whimsily solving problems with a bunch of murderers that he's actively going out there and killing these assholes. That being said, the movie has some issues, and I do think that what you and I discussed about time travel should have been a major factor in this that goes ahead and make that the main 
storyline, like have him pulled from, I don't know, like 700 BC or whatever the fuck, and have him thrust into our timeline and having to deal with the aspect of the bullshit that's going on here. And Jimmy was an awful fucking character. I hated Jimmy. I hated Jimmy so much. Oh, uh, Jimmy was Scrooge? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forget that you don't find out Jimmy's name until the end, almost. So Scrooge was an awful character that should have died the first time that he enters into the mansion. And he doesn't, and he's got so much plot armor that it's just a bunch of fucking garbage. That being said, I do enjoy when a Christmas movie goes ahead and kind of, like, takes the Christmas formula and alters it. I think that this one does alter the Christmas formula. I do think that this one... This this doesn't make this movie perfect. I do think that this makes this movie, at best, a mid-range movie. This is definitely going into my junk drawer with the potato chips and pop darts and only only when i when i'm feeling snacky is it coming on because again it's something that i enjoy it's my it's definitely a guilty pleasure of mine but before i go like rambling for the next hour and a half about how much i like santa beating in skulls how do you feel about it this is how i would have rewrote this movie so i did not care for this movie one bit i will probably never watch this again but this is how i would rewrite it to make it something more my taste right First of all, I really hate that they had Gertrude, the Beverly Angeles character, being the stereotype rich person, right? What do we know about rich people? Oh, they're always swearing at people on the phone. It was as soon as I saw that, I, I yawned. But I would have had it so that we know that rich people are weird, right? That's one of the stereotypes of rich people is that they're very weird. So what if the car ride up was Danny and Linda talking about Danny, Alex, Jason? I don't remember his name, but... <laughs> the dad and Linda talking about, Oh, we got to go to your families for Christmas. They have such weird Christmas traditions. And maybe Gertrude, her one thing of Santa or, or of Christmas is that she likes weird Santas, right? So she has like a clown Santa or a, I don't know, like some sort of weird fucking Santa, like George Washington Santa or some shit like that. And one of them is a Viking Santa. And so these gunmen take over the house and the little girl's scared and she makes her wish. Trudy makes a wish. Santa, if you can hear me, please save me. And then Viking Santa comes to life, all like turtles in time. And then he whoops their asses and then he goes back on his little pedestal and he returns back to his Viking times. And that's our nod to Christmas magic. That's how I would have made this movie better because this idea that Santa Claus has lived for a thousand years and doesn't know how to use a gun despite being a warrior in his past life is fucking stupid to me. But even more dumb is, in my opinion, like ham fisted way that they try to put this like Christmas into this movie. I read someone's review and I don't remember who it was. So sorry if you're out there, but they stated that this movie was the answer to what if we made it like is Die Hard a Christmas movie, right? Yes or no. So this movie is basically what if we made Die Hard, but it is a Christmas movie. And so they replaced John McClane with Santa and they shoved a bunch of over the top Christmas bullshit into this movie. The uh, John Leguizamo having his weird villain turn where he reveals that one time he had a really bad Christmas and he killed somebody's grandpa and now he hates Christmas and at the end saying how oh and I'm going to kill Santa to end this holiday once and for all people still give each other gifts I've given plenty of people Christmas gifts since learning that Santa wasn't a real thing 
and it it makes it makes an action movie feel dumb or it makes a christmas movie feel pointless both of these things don't work together this movie doesn't work together uh i will say the part that i enjoyed was there maybe like 15 minute sketch of a more realistic version of home alone i thought that was fun where the little girl had laid a couple traps that were fucking brutal yeah. and the the guys the people died and that made me i was i don't know that i was happy but i think at this point we've all seen enough of those fucking articles about like oh actually kevin McAllister would have killed all those people because he's a murderer it's fun to point out but we get it you don't need to write another listicle about all the ways that kevin killed those guys but it's nice to see it done in a movie briefly it means that they understand that not all ideas should be a full-fledged movie and i wish they had thought about that before they made this movie into a movie I I can see your point. I I can see how. So, I need to say that I think that would have been that would have made this movie a lot better having Santa be a prop that comes to life or turns into a real. I don't know. The details could be fleshed out better, but I think that would have definitely made this movie better. I think this would have made this movie, in my opinion, a little bit higher up than mid. It still would have been yeah. mid, but it would have been like mid high to me. This, like I said, this is this is definitely. A, potato chips and not like super good potato chips but like the the potato chips that you don't let people know that you like but yeah this this movie needed a little bit of work as you and i discussed some of the actors and actresses react slow to things there's some yeah that was weird in this movie everybody seemed like they reacted like five six seconds after they should have yeah well linda lay it yeah linda linda's being choked and this scene this scene sticks out to me every time i watch this movie Linda's being choked. She's being lifted off the ground, which, by the way, physically impossible to lift someone up by their throat. It's been proven by science, so that's always entertaining to watch, just because I wanted to know how strong someone is to go ahead and be able to lift someone up like Lord Vader. And he watches as Linda grabs an icicle, and he watches, like, oh, you're going to stab me with that, but I'm going to keep on crushing your throat. And she just stabs him, and he dies but, like, he stands there staring at her as she stabs him for, like, two, three seconds before he f- drops him. <laughs> like, that that seems to have stuck out to me forever because of how awkward it is. Yeah, so for me, like, the scene that I saw that made me think, are they reacting to, like, this was an obvious cut, is right in the beginning, one of the bad guys, I think it might be Krampus, fires his M15 or AR-15 into the air, and you watch him fire like a whole clip and then it cuts to the little girl jumping into her mom's arm after he's done shooting the gun and I was like is this supposed to be a reaction to the gunfire or are we supposed to see that she's scared but either way it felt like they just reacted like really slow in that situation Yeah, I will also say that you said that Scrooge had crazy plot armor and I agree this guy should have been dead from the get-go there is no reason why the security team didn't shoot him when he popped out of the panic room it made no sense and as soon as I saw that I knew that this movie was going to be fucking stupid it was the thing I don't know it it just it bothered me the whole time the director was like oh let's just make Scrooge some awesome hand-to-hand combative that can go ahead and pull out a pistol out of nowhere to shoot someone while beating the shit out of somebody else. And then that that never came up again. Yeah, it never came up again. And everybody in this movie apparently likes to just drop magazines for no reason. So just (laughs) Scrooge unloading a magazine after, sorry, not Scrooge, Krampus unloading the magazine after Scrooge talks, Scrooge walking into a room taking 
I think Trudy's gun. I don't. I don't remember the the other evil robber woman taking her gun and then unloading the magazine. And she doesn't even reload her magazine after he hands it back to her. That's he either just... candy cane or sugar and spice or something like that. All so, of the villains in this name have stupid, somewhat Christmassy names. Yeah, which is also I, I like like ironic in a bad way that Scrooge is like I hate Christmas, but everybody's got to go ahead and have a stupid. Christmas name attached to them for our, our code names. Because we can't forget that this is Christmas. Mm-hmm. We've got to be beat in the face with it as much as a movie will let us. Yeah, and I can, talking to you about this makes me realize how bad this movie is. I, I still stand by my whole thing of, like, I enjoyed it. But I can understand how bad this movie is. Especially when Scrooge gets Santa Claus in the cabin, and he's standing outside, and instead of, like, trying to find his target which is santa so that he can kill santa he just wildly fires into the the cabin dropping the entire magazine into the cabin doesn't know if he hits santa then he walks into the cabin shooting his pistol wildly like as if he's trying to shoot fish in a barrel when the fish are scattered across an ice cap goes click 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 for like 30 seconds like as if for being as intelligent as he says he was he can't realize that he's out of rounds when he's going click 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 he deserved yeah. to die the way that he did. He did. And I will say that's the most creative thing I saw in this movie. John Leguizamo dies by Santa basically grabbing him and using his Santa magic to go up a chimney. But the Santa magic doesn't shrink Scrooge. It just gibbs him, basically. So he gets forced into a chimney and his body parts fall off. It's probably the most interesting death in this movie. But I also think the one of the main centerpieces of this movie, the fight in the barn or outbuilding i wasn't 100 sure what it was supposed to be but some sort of outbuilding where santa takes out the whole entire kill squad by hammering them as they come in two to four at a time that should have never happened they would have just lit the building on fire and yeah. santa would have died and they would have just had the place surrounded so as soon as he showed up he just gets gunshotted although apparently it doesn't really matter because he gets shot multiple times at the end and then comes back to life because they say i believe in santa which is pretty much the ending of elf where they all have to sing loud enough for Christmas cheer, or it's how Tinkerbell comes back to life. So, every every part of this movie is reused schlock from other movies, smashed into some sort of Christmas thing. It it barely feels original. It doesn't feel interesting. I I couldn't even call this junk food. This is spoiled broccoli. <laughs> so if they had killed Santa in that moment, he would have stayed dead because nobody would have known that Santa died, and then the hostages would have all died. Yep. And, and it, th- that would have been, been a different Christmas movie. It would have been a different Christmas movie, and it would have like leaned into what you and I have talked about, about how America doesn't do sad endings. So I will say, though, in this case, it wouldn't be a sad ending. This is more about he would just die, and then the hostages would die, and we wouldn't have much point to the story. It would just be yeah. a story about how Santa died in a non-climactic way. I- I'll always give a story like kind of the out of, like, has to tell a story. Sure. Whether or not the story is actually worth telling is a different beast altogether. But and real quick, coming pulling from one of our other recordings, this this movie didn't have anything to tell. Mm-hmm. And... This is this is a movie that's based around the action, right? Yeah. So if the if there's any, okay, let's be as generous as we can. It's the holidays. Let's be generous. As the most <laughs> generous interpretation of this film is that. You might think that all is lost, but you could potentially be a symbol for somebody else. As 
pretty much hit right on the nose by Leia talking about how, or Trudy, sorry, talking about how Santa symbolizes hope and wishes for children and that he is a wish come true for thousands and he can't just give up. And that this realization, it the opposite of other movies that we've talked about where maybe the story is you are the villain in somebody else's story. Here, you may feel like a villain, but you are actually a hero to many and therefore you shouldn't give up. That's the most generous reading that I could give this movie because otherwise the entire point of this movie is, huh, would it be cool if, if Santa was mean and, and killed people? And then <laughs> depending on which one of those you want to say the story, if the story is about Santa being a symbol for children and hope, then it does not tell the story. And there is no point in really telling the story because we have a billion movies that focus on people being symbols of hope. And if you want to say like, Oh, isn't it cool if Santa kills stuff and he's mean is the story. Then sure. I guess it tells the story. Well, except that half the fight scenes you can't really see because the camera's in the wrong place and it's, it's dark. It's not, you could tell that their budget was smaller because they didn't use all the cool blood and gore effects. This is not John wick, but Santa, this is something else. Mm-hmm. Which- and, Go ahead. You, you you mentioned something that that triggered a memory for me. Do you remember when we were getting the collective horror films that were trope based, like Snowman coming to life and killing people? Mm-hmm. Do Do you remember that? Was yeah. there ever a Santa Claus one that was based off of like the Goosebumps Santa Claus that murdered people? I don't know if there's one for that. The horror movie that I associate with Christmas is Black Christmas, but that's not really Santa Claus. Yeah, that's that one's not Santa Claus. But I feel like there was. It's something that kind of did Santa Claus murdering a bunch of people a lot better than this. Or you can go ahead and watch, what, what is it, Bad Bad Santa? Is that the movie? I don't know. I never watched it. I just remember that everyone was talking about how Bad Santa was good. At the end of the day, I do agree mostly with David Fear. I wouldn't call this the chlamydia of Christmas movies. I think that is a Christmas story. That is the most overrated piece of shit Christmas movie that has ever existed. <laughs> but this movie is, is definitely lazy slapdash and i think when he says self-impressed excuse for edgy entertainment there's no edge to this it literally is what i said a moment ago which is like wouldn't it be cool if santa killed people it's really not in my opinion anything worth considering for more than a few minutes there was a reviewer i wanted to put the review in but they didn't leave a score and that doesn't particularly help me but their review was basically there's a reason that college humor sketches are only three minutes and i feel like this movie could have taken that by taking that advice and not been made. David Fear also is the one who says that it gets off on its own displays of horrible behavior. It's something like that's a great way of phrasing how I feel about a lot of movies of this ilk, not necessarily Christmas movies, but these movies that are trying to show you that this isn't your dad's version of whatever the fuck. When that entire opening scene is him drinking at a bar and talking shit about kids. And then we get that gag of like, Oh, he's drunk and he throws up on the lady. And then it's another shot of him, like trying to drink on the sleigh. And then he's pissing off the sleigh. I was like, okay, we get it. This isn't regular Santa. I knew that from the title of the movie, violent night. I knew that this wasn't going to be some sort of like rosy cheeked Chris Kringle who just wants to give kids their toys. All of that shit was just the filmmakers being like, ha ha, get it. Aren't we stinkers? Ha ha ha. It, it's the sort of shit that bothers me. Second conclusion. I give this movie a firm don't watch do not recommend there are literally no end of horror and or christmas movies that are better than this so if we're on me giving my opinion i think that for as much as i enjoyed this movie 
don't watch it. Okay, find something that's better for Christmas. Yes, I know that I've talked it up and I've hyped it. In my own opinion, I I do enjoy this movie. My wife enjoys this movie. We do enjoy watching this. But again, this is garbage that we end up enjoying watching. We realize that some of the characters are garbage. They are shitty. Scrooge Scrooge is like the worst character in my opinion that they threw in this because he's just got plot armor throughout the whole thing and he can't he's he doesn't come across as smart enough to have actually set up this whole entire heist that he's running even though he says I've spent months going ahead and running setting up this this whole thing and I got your kill squad on my team which by the way that kill squad probably made a hundred thousand dollars a month every month to go ahead and kill people for Gertrude and just they were making more money working for her than whatever cut it was that Scrooge was going to pay them off that three hundred million. I did think that was a weird thing. Like it, when it was like ten of them, and he was like three hundred million dollars. I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's a, a good chunk of money. But then there was like twenty eight dudes, and I was like, okay, it's still a lot of money, but there's a lot of people to split three hundred million dollars with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you're looking for a retirement where you can buy an island maybe but uh, i guess you're only going to buy that island if all 20 people are going in on that island that 300 million yeah you know so i I do i do have a question for you you've mentioned several times you acknowledge that this is junk food it's good junk food for you you want to keep watching it etc what makes it good because every time you say that oh i wouldn't recommend it i wouldn't watch it but you like it and your wife likes it so what why is it good what makes it good for for me, what makes it good? Okay, so starting with like the the weakest statement that I can make, I really enjoy David Harbour as an actor. Okay, I, I've liked him since Stranger Things. He's popped up in a f- two other movies, I think that we've reviewed. I, I know that he popped up in We Have a Ghost. I, I like him as an actor. Okay, that's the base. Okay, for me, I, I think it's because it's not the Christmas flock that you and I have watched that we have just ripped apart. Like. For, for lack of a better a better way to put it, Falling in Love is the sort of movie that ends up getting put on a shit ton of Christmas movies that I, I end up watching with my wife, and they it's actually not even that. What was that? What was that one? Step Princess, the the Christmas one that we haven't put out yet. So there's a there's a movie that Greg and I have reviewed that will come out at some point, and it's about these twins that switch places it's like the parent trap the only difference is is that it's it's called the princess switch the princess switch thank you where we have these characters that the wrong thing that goes on in their life can be fixed with like a a sneeze and a bakery you can go ahead and just like shit out a fucking answer and and have it fixed In, in this movie we have a santa claus that's trying to go ahead and save a kid from a bunch of killers and the only way to go ahead and have santa claus go ahead and save her isn't like oh he pulls out a present and scrooge suddenly has his heart grow three sizes and he no longer wants to go ahead and dump all the presents off of the cliff to go ahead and ruin christmas for the who's it's a different sort of christmas movie that is completely garbage that keeps me entertained because i guess i like that garbage slaughter stuff because like you you even mentioned a movie brennan fletcher's movie rampage i remember watching that and i was like i was 20 in the army and i can't say that i enjoyed it but i do remember watching it and owning it and that's one one fucked up movie and i think that 
for my whole entire life. That should tell you. Uh, the gore factor of movies will pull me in a lot faster than... Okay, so I can't say it will pull me in a lot faster than storyline, but it will pull me in if a movie has gore factor of some sort. And like you said, we had the McAllister killing story arc line type thing that, that Trudy was going on about where she killed two people. She and only killed the one. The other one got hammered at the end. So That's, all right, that's right. That's right. We get the story that everybody's wanted of McAllister killing people. For years and we get it in this one so we get that then we get santa just smashing heads and although the the viking thing really doesn't mean jack shit in this movie which i know i'm like being hypocritical with this i wish they had put a little bit more of that in there or done something a little closer to what you said about like either put it in or don't yeah so what uh, you're saying is it's a lot based on the spectacle yeah Actually, that would probably make my statement a little bit more concise, is the spectacle is what drags me and my wife in, is that we we enjoy watching some of these kind of fucked up movies. It's probably another reason why we we watch so many horror films, even when it's not October. If my wife asked me, hey, what do you want to watch? And she's got like three movies. One of them's a rom-com, one of them's a horror film, and one of them's like John Wick. John Wick's high up there, but if the horror film is good enough, I might go ahead and pick that horror film over John Wick. And I own every John Wick movie. All right. I have no further questions. I don't even know <laughs> if I answered the question, honestly. <laughs> you did. So I think if I were to summarize your point there, the answer for why it is that even though you say that this is junk food for you, you wouldn't necessarily recommend it, is that you're attracted to the, both the spectacle and kind of the subversion of expectations that this movie has in terms of it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a traditional style Christmas movie. And that's why I can't be a philosopher, because I can't go ahead and concisely nail my, my thoughts down like Greg can nail my <laughs> thoughts down. But yes, I think that's actually probably accurate. We did not rehearse this, by the way. <laughs> All right. We've been streaming Wasteland. This was 2022's Violent Night. It is on Prime. It is rated R. Definitely don't watch this with your kids unless you know your kids well enough to know that this won't bother them. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. What is it? iTunes Store. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> Amazon. We're probably on all the podcast websites. If there's a podcast website out there, we're on it. And if we're not, please write into that site and get our show on it. Or tell us, and we'll do it. It's our job. You can find us on all the various social medias, Insta, X, YouTube, TikTok. I feel like there's other ones, but those are the main ones. Check us out on Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's it for us this week. Say goodbye, Ringo. Bye, Ringo. Bye.